0: Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Find Your Career Calling. This episode is part of the intern series. As some of you may know, I interned at Google back in 2018. And while I was there, I recorded a few podcast episodes with my other intern friends. Now, these friends have gone on to work at the likes of top companies like McKinsey and Bain, or some have even stayed at Google or started their own thing. In one of the other episodes, you can hear about interns in google marketing solutions and that's definitely worth a listen to if you want to find out more about the ad business of google it's also really important to note that finding what you love and finding what career choice you want to pursue after university is a really tricky thing to do and even if you are already in a job and you want to pivot away because you feel unfulfilled by it still difficult and sometimes you need a bit of guidance to get you to the next step. If you enjoyed this podcast and think that you can benefit from a bit more clarity and confidence in your next step, then visit fycareercalling.com and I'll be glad to give you some help with that. So with that, I hope you enjoy this episode. I had a lot of fun recording it. I hope you take a lot of insights Hello friends, welcome to Find Your Career Calling podcast, the intern series. So in this special edition, we find out what current students are up to, to find their next step outside of university. So in this episode, I have my fellow intern here at Google, Matthew. Um, He's interned at a lot of different places, um, including the biggest creative agency in Ireland and Microsoft. And he's also a great person to talk about in Actus, University, so welcome to the show, Matthew.
1: Thanks for having me on, Pauline. Sounds good.
0: So, vast array of experiences, Matthew. Um, would you like to begin to how it all started for you?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I'm from my name is Matthew, I'm from uh, a small county called Leitrim in the the west of Ireland. And, uh, yeah, I suppose for me, I'll be when I see all this stuff I've been doing for the last while, it really all began when I was around 15 16 years old. So when I was in school, uh, we had a year in our school called Transition Year. It was basically a year between exams where you get to try new and exciting things and projects and stuff like that. So during that year, uh, myself and a couple of friends started this thing called Mini Company, which is basically where you start this like project and tr- maybe turn into a business in one day. So one day myself and two friends were uh, sitting at the back to the science lab, and we can all just see um, a really like a new science experiment at the back of the lab, no one was using or talking about. What we've seen had this really cool potential to we turned into uh, a really exciting toy. So that's kind of where uh, we started a mini company called Squeezy, which wow. is basically a fun frustrating science toy. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so I started off a school project. We started our first, sold our first 40 units at our, our school's parent-teacher meeting, where we sold out. Yeah. Um, so either we thought we were on something or at least people felt sorry for us. But, um, <laughs> this that... is when
0: you were 16? 16, yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, in school in, in TY. And um, yeah, that kind of snowballed. There's something much bigger than we kind of imagined it would be. We won. We started doing a lot of trade shows and Christmas fairs and stuff like that, selling out the back of our cars. And, That's amazing. Um, really going all in on this idea that we had to kind of, I don't know, just have fun and kind of turn a product into a business.
0: What did your parents say when you like approached them and said, I want to make this toy that...
1: Yeah, I mean, like they're they're all in. I mean, like, I think for a few years before that, I was kind of into programs like Dragon's Den and The Apprentice and stuff. Yeah, so I was sure. kind of always interested in business and how um, ideas can come to life and commercial reality and stuff like that
0: so you had that entrepreneurship spirit from from such an early
1: age yeah i, I was always interested in it and i think this was kind of the first time i got to fully kind of uh use it and go with it and turn into something so I anyway mean, the story progressed uh that christmas time we were we were booming doing a lot of you know uh sales and stuff like that and then by the end of april we were we won the national competition for ireland's best kind of student business so that was a really big deal because it was kind of um yeah, 16,000 people in that competition and we were the winners of it. So it kind of gave us a huge, and gave me, I suppose, a lot of confidence in kind of, um know, saying that I'm kind of, you know, I can do a lot of stuff in this space. Yeah. And then that grew into other things We with a lot of other competitions. We were on uh, Dragon's Den and TV mm. where we actually wow. got two offers and uh, worked with a dragon for the while. I didn't know
0: you were that famous.
1: <laughs> uh, daytime TV is kind of where I, yeah, and actually well I out of that. We actually had a lot of, like, daytime PR, I PR on, like, daytime TV shows nobody watches. Um, Going yeah, showing the toy and stuff like that, and uh, eventually what happened was so obviously that that dragons den experience was brilliant because you went up on the den we you were pitching for like forty five minutes. Um, it's obviously cut down seven or eight minutes for the actual thing thing, but um, then after that the dragon thing it, it worked for a while, but unfortunately he wasn't able to go where he wanted Spade to it go. up, yeah. Yeah, so then we kind of were left with all the stock, uh-huh. and some money in the account, did not really an idea what to do with it. So right. then we went pretty much threw all our eggs in the basket to go to uh, one of the Europe's largest trade shows for toys and gifts in the UK in Birmingham. Uh the that's, Spring Fair.
0: That's insane. And this was still like sixteen, seventeen years. Right? Yeah, I think it
1: was 17, 18, 18 at this time. So yeah. three of packed up everything we had, went well, all all our products and
0: how many how mu- how, was your, how much was your inventory?
1: Uh we had about five thousand units of stock or whatever. Right. And um they sold for you know the whole surprise was like four or five euros or something like that. So, we um, we yeah, so we had uh, like some money in the account that we wanted to go and you know we didn't want to just leave it there because we were kind of left high and dry in the end. Not we really know what to do, so I went to this trade show in in Birmingham, and it was a huge experience because you're in this huge big NEC hall. Birmingham is absolutely massive, and you're around like these Lego and Hasbro and not like all these huge companies are kind of have their own stands. Obviously yeah, than ours. like a proper trade. But show, yeah, yeah, with with real buyers and real people with real money. And so we were there for five days, I think it was, from a Saturday through like a Thursday. Um, those changes are exhausting because you're there from eight in the morning till yeah. six, seven at night. So you're, and you're on your feet as well all the time, always yeah, talking. Yeah, of course. So, it's a proper um,
0: like retail experience. Oh yeah,
1: definitely, yeah. Can
0: I ask you a question? Because um, so are, our listeners won't know this, but you're quite an introverted person. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me at 16, 17, you're kind of doing all these sales um, jobs where it's kind of, you know, selling to people in trade shows, selling to people that are individuals, selling to your teachers, mm. doing competitions. How? I mean, it's great. It's a testament to character that you can come out of being an introvert. But how did you deal with that? Especially because, it, you know, a part of being an introvert sometimes is um, not liking mm. being in gr- big groups of people and public speaking.
1: Mm. It's really, I'm not sure if it, if it affects the public speaking side. I think it's more... Yeah, when you're in groups of large groups of people and so on. And I think I I think in the professional space it isn't such a challenge because what justifies you is your your value, your your value proposition and stuff like mm. that. That's kind of what, what gives you the confidence to do well in those settings. Like we knew or at least I knew anyway, going to that trade show we had a really strong product that had Yeah it was already in retailers and stuff like that. And so that kind of gives you the confidence to um to kinda of get over that kind of stuff. I think obviously the introverted stuff was how you recover, it's kind of the recovery phase yeah. from like you know, it's more just, you know, you need, like, just be on your own for a while. Did um, you feel
0: that your business partner kind of helped you, or did you have kind of complementary personalities?
1: Did the, the Dragon's M one or the or the friend?
0: The friend that you started it off. Uh,
1: yeah, so it was two, myself and two friends. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think it kind of helped me a lot around how to build a business around partnerships and stuff, and how kind of... Um, obviously, we started off in school because we are all kind of good friends, and that was kind of it. Um, but, yeah, I think... We got, yeah the base of it was friendship but not really so much skills uh, but they're really great guys to do with Um, but yeah, I think long if I was to do it again or when I do it again I think I want to look for someone who has like complementary skills in another area not just the same as mine but uh, it was definitely a really cool experience
0: Okay, so you're at this trade show trying to finish up your stock for this product that you've invented at 16 mm-hmm. Where did you go from here?
1: Yes, yeah, so, so at the trade show it was a cool week obviously approached by dozens of buyers and people that kind of um were buying products for, for stores and so on um at the end of it we ended up getting into a few different retailers across ireland and uk and europe and a random one in italy and and yeah and actually one of those was art and hobby shop and easons and stuff so quite big brands to get on our on our name um but in the end what happened i suppose we were just going to college at that time and the three of us kind of went our own separate ways and um, we kind of figured out it was kind of time to move on to, to the next thing i think um and so, yeah, so with that, um, I had a summer obviously was summer in the first year when I kind of had time to do stuff and wanted to know how to best fill it. So I kind of fairly last minute kind of applied for a lot of internships at ad agencies because I'm really interested in the whole creative process and how brands mm-hmm, kind of, of um, yeah. come to life and how, how ads are kind of created and so on. So, um, so yes, yeah, so that was actually my first um, internship experience. In an agency called, agency called Rothko, who I suppose were um our Ireland's largest independent creative agency, do a lot of work for some of the biggest brands nationally and a few global ones as well.
0: And how did you find the transition from being kind of your own boss, essentially, and having to work in a corporate environment?
1: Yeah, really wasn't yeah a lot of big changes I suppose at least when you're having your own thing, you have your own um you're on your own time. Yeah, and you can kind of make your own decision on what you feel is the best way to do something, whereas when you're going in an environment with Whereas I suppose, you know, many of layers of politics and management, and you know, people with their own um, incentives and goals and stuff like that. It's a very different world to for trying to build something on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kind of there, even at that quieter stage, I kind of realised that I'm much not only do I enjoy working much better on my own or like with my own thing, but like I'm actually a lot better at that than I think I am in a in a larger corporate environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've kind of even that. That's been a theme I've kind of seen in the back of my head is I've kind of reflected on my last few internships that I think I do perform a lot better um, in my own um, than I do in a, in a large kind of environment or corporate space. Um, but the reason I always go back to these internships and I always go and get experience is because um, you learn so much and you're around some really talented people in these places and you kind of figure out how, um, how bigger businesses succeed. I think every time, every time I go to the internship, you're kind of taking stuff along the way with you that you can bring on to your next one.
0: Awesome. So we're at Google now, um, but you were at your comp- we are, you were at the competitor, mm-hmm. Microsoft. I'll be interested in kind of a comparison between the two and roughly how how your, how your experience was at that company and what you got up to.
1: Yeah, so in my course, I'm studying uh, marketing, innovation, technology um, in DCU. And what's really interesting is that part of our course, the third year, is like a full 12 months of work placement. So I managed to find my 12 months in Microsoft. And um, yeah, no, really, um, really interesting, fascinating company, brilliant company to be in for a full year. Um, going through some really interesting change as well. So what I found in Microsoft was, like obviously people have stereotypes around Microsoft being very much locked in, old-fashioned, mm-hmm. um, not very much an innovator in the tech space. Um, but what I found when I was there it was very much a company transforming towards someone towards something like that um, what's really interesting is is that obviously Microsoft as a company went through a lot of transformation so um, like when I like a couple of years two or three years before I joined and um, CEO Satya Nadella who's CEO of Microsoft joined about three or four years ago right um, as soon as he came in there was huge kind of cultural changes uh, changes around the company's philosophy and stuff around how they do some how they do stuff and, um, yeah, no, it was really, um, and I can see that, I can very much see that being changed. Um, I guess it's a slow change, but it's very much a change they're making to make it more open, to make it more, um, open to new ideas and mm. then to open to innovate and stuff. And I suppose really what was really cool there as well as they had this really cool, um, I think one of the best vision statements I've ever seen in a company, which is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. And that was like the goal sorry, that everything kind of went towards like, obviously that's an ideal, um, but I think it's a really cool kind of um, vision state to have. It's, no matter what we're doing, we're empowering people to achieve more. And um, yeah, I think that internship was a really great experience because I was in obviously a much larger business than I was in Rothko and you were kind of, you know, a lot more layers of you know, teams and management and that kind of stuff. But um, again, being there, the people there were just super talented and really smart and you kind of learned so much within yeah. a year.
0: I'd like to know how you applied for these companies. Um, because they're really great companies. How did you find the application process? Was there any sort of top tips you'd you'd give to our listeners in terms of applications? I guess starting your business so early on really helped with interview questions. Um, What what advice would you give to someone who probably don't have the same vast amount of experience beforehand?
1: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think obviously I was kind of fortunate that I had a really strong start from when I was 15 16 and that kind of, that's, that stuff I, I wouldn't be here without having that stuff behind me I, I'm pretty sure of that so having that stuff to talk about in my CV and kind of be my my, talking, my main talking point was really really helpful Um, one very practical tip in terms of CV is that don't do it in Word or Sheets or like don't make it a plain mm-hmm. Word document Um, I had mine done up on Canva kind of nicely designed with colours and the icons and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm.
0: Um, you have to show me that yeah it's really
1: really cool well the idea of it is is that like if you have like these people really think about, they have hundreds of CVs, thousands of CVs mm-hmm. coming in from people and make students. yourself
0: unique for sure. Exactly, just yeah. On the presentation itself,
1: yeah, and figure out what what makes you unique. For me, it was my entrepreneurship and business stuff.
0: And I think as well, um, when it comes to CVs, people forget that you can't just have one CV. You gotta tailor your CV to whatever industry, mm. whatever company. Mm. It takes time, but it's worth it in the end because if it's the more specific and tailored it is, especially mm. for someone who have a lot of experience, if mm. you kind of nitpick your experience and really tailor your CV to match the job specification that you're applying for, I think um, you're on to a winner there.
1: Mm, definitely. And as well as was thinking about what to go back to the thing. So obviously, if you have an interview with someone, you're obviously interviewing 10, 20 other people that same day. You have to think when you leave the room, how are they going to remember you what's the person? what's the person going to remember you as? They're never mm-hmm. going to remember your name. They're going to remember, oh, he's that guy that... Um, that business squeezy thing like mm. that's what they would say about me when I'm out of the room yeah so just ask yourself what, what can they say about you will they say you're that that guy who won all his medals and running will they say you're yeah. that uh person who had these great art pieces and stuff like that you know
0: they always say that um you'll always be remembered but what you say will always be forgotten mm. but how you made someone feel yeah 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 whether that be about your your personality about yourself mm-hmm. or about themselves will always be remembered. So I think it's really important, yeah, perception is key to a job interview.
1: Yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Of course, I'm sure you've faced a host of different challenges throughout all of your internships and throughout your business venture at such an early age. What challenges have you felt you've overcome and have really helped you grow um, as a professional? That's my first question. And just to finish off, what advice would you give to someone who's starting off, who, like I said, may not necessarily have a business plan or have, have, ventured, have ventured out to start their own business, mm-hmm. um, who's a little bit lost on how to start?
1: Yeah, cool. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think in terms of challenges and stuff, so going back to the squeezy story. Um, yes, yeah, so obviously, with that, obviously, we're going back to the Dragon's End. We had the Dragon on board. Everything was going great. Um at that trade show what actually happened was we were approached by a UK Toy Company. Um a pretty large company they work with Monopoly and Fictionary and other big brands like that. And they actually approached us to see if they could license our product worldwide. Um they had these manufacturing facilities in China and they had all these connections around the world pretty much to um to yeah, to potentially license our product and obviously make it up pretty really big. Um so what happened was we um yeah, we met the company, they were they were really interested in us, we were interested in them uh they came over to Dublin afterwards to meet us and discuss kind of next steps and we kind of had a provisional plan in place that they would um manage our product from that point onwards. And um so yes that the idea was we could get X percent of every sale they make and they would have the rights to use the product. So that was kind of I suppose the, the ideal end. It would end us going off in the sunset and having someone else manage the product afterwards. But what happened was they took the product, brought it to shows in um Hong Kong and Germany in the US, like the biggest shows in the world with the biggest contacts in the world as well but they just couldn't get anywhere with it yeah they just couldn't get any traction with the product um, and yeah I suppose that was just kind of a very uh, sudden end to yeah. the story and I think for me it was a huge lesson and I suppose in, in partnerships and stuff and how you work with people yeah and ultimately yeah you can have a great product you can have a great you know everything else in the world but it's how uh, you work with people and stuff yeah. is so important and like a kind of ask myself if I was more um older, more mature, more yeah. thoughtful in kind of how we've managed our relationship, will we've gotten somewhere better with it or yeah. or kind of how did that go wrong. Um
0: I think it's kind of not being too hard on yourself and just seeing yeah, yeah. it as a personal development of course, yeah, yeah. Aspect. Um yeah.
1: But yeah, no, it was it was uh but no, it it all it's all part of the story. And you learn so much from these things along the way. And I think if I was looking back on some of the best um, advice and stuff I've heard. that's one piece of advice is that, like, being very conscious of the person you're becoming in your in your college years? Um, mm-hmm. I've heard the idea idea that who you are in this four year period is who you become for the rest of your life, and like, mm-hmm. ask yourself what people you hang around with stuff you're interested in. Um, only just,
0: as good as your circle, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Just just knowing that like the person you are now is you're gonna be like that when you get older. So kind of being yeah. conscious and shaping yourself and stuff like that. Um, and as well. One really interesting piece of advice as well, which kind of put it all in context for me, was that um, when you get to the top, there's not really that much there. And mm-hmm. like, even though we kind of have all these ambitions and dreams and all that kind uh-huh. of stuff to, you know, go high in business or whatever your industry is, um, even when you get to the top, there isn't that much there. It's just a journey that, that It is the pro- Trust the
0: process. Yeah, love the process, as our idol Garvey would say. Yeah. <laughs> trust the process. Um, well, thank you so much for your time, Matthew. I didn't realise you've done so much in your short years (laughs) it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the show um, and to have you at Google with me Mm -hmm. thank you so much for your
1: time thanks Pauline
0: if you got to the end of this episode and feel like you want to find your own career calling then check out fycareercalling.com where I can help you gain clarity and confidence in your next step. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with a friend because friends, life is too short. You gotta find what you love.